Hello, hello, hello. It is Camry Butler, a.k.a. Miss Cam Nicole, and I am joined by... Yo, 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 it's your boy, Real Beyond Yates. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership and mental health, right, and what that looks like. And I think for each and every one of us, that's different. Um, when, we, when, we take a, when we think about leadership, I think we think about, you know, whether that's the CEO of a company or some other executive a leader within a particular organization, um, the leader in the church, you know, a pastor, a national evangelist, or just a leader in our home, I think we all have a preconceived notion of what that looks like. Um, many of us think about a leader to be someone who is decisive, someone who's confident, someone who is good under pressure, an expert in their particular genre, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and someone who we can just look up to and follow in a sense. Um, which are all really great qualities, right? But because leaders, um, regardless of their genre, or know that they are operating and they have a lot of eyes on them, that can be really difficult for them to be vulnerable and ask for help. And I also think it's difficult for leaders because as a society, right, with social media and just the world that we live in, we tend to glamorize success. And so it can be really difficult to it can be really difficult to put success and mental health issues or mental health struggles, mental illness in the same sentence. So how can someone who is successful and famous and affluent, right, how can they be struggling? And so today I think it's really important for us to take a step back and say success comes with its own, with its own struggles. And so that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Right, right, right. So I, I can totally get with that because, you know, in, in yesteryear, they would say casualties of war. And, you know, a lot of the people we see in our history books played a part in the leadership role. But there were other men who were just as much, if not more, uh, leaders uh, in, in the places of victory. And they just wrote them off as casualties of war. I think now because... Uh, we're more knowledgeable, more uh, education is given more freely, uh, and media reports it more widely. Uh, there is more of, a, you know, more of a view in the prism of what it looks like behind the scenes. And everything you just said uh, makes sense because these are the things leaders deal with. Uh, and, and sometimes even when people begin to find out, they continue to turn a blind eye you know, don't ask, don't tell, or, you know, my, you know, it, that's not my problem, you know? And, and, and so my question is, well, then who, who's accountable for it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I think that is, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think if we all want some share of the credit, we ought to be accountable for some share of the blame. Yeah, and like you said, who's accountable for it? Um, I think we all are. Um, I, you know, you and I were talking before, and it was like, who who prays for the people who praise? Who preaches for the preacher? Who counsels the counselor? You know, even me as a therapist, you know, I, I, won't, I won't blanket the statement, but the majority of therapists have a therapist, right? You have to be accountable for somebody. There has to be someone who is able to help you. There has to be someone who you're able to talk to when you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, 
And so we all have to be accountable to each other. You know, I was thinking and I was like, mentorship is, is a big part of it. Um, because you have to have someone who you're able to open up to, I think, as leaders, because we feel like we have so much to lose. We have so much that we have to protect. Being a leader can be very isolating. Um, and it's like, can I, can I trust you, you know, with this, whether it's with my mental health struggle, whether it's I'm having issues in my marriage, I'm having issues in my family, you know, I need to talk about what I'm dealing with internally because we have, you know, a brand we have to protect because, you know, I'm a pastor of a church because I'm an, I have so much to lose. I can't trust just anybody and it's hard and it's, so we isolate and holding that in con- further contributes to our mental health struggle. So if you already have a actual diagnosis, right, me even holding all of my struggles in further contributes to it. But we feel like we can't trust people because if I tell you, we weaponize it, right? <laughs> if we get into an argument later, are you going to weaponize what I told you? If you get mad at me, are you going to go spread my business, Right. Um, you know, with the world of social media, are you going, uh, you know how we do it, I'm going to blast you on social media. And so it's like, do we really have friends who are loyal to us that we feel like we can trust when I need to talk to somebody? And so I find that that's a lot of the struggle in leadership, uh, that we don't have people on our same wavelength who we yeah. can open up to, right? Because we can't, the truth is, we can't open up to anybody. Let's just be real. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so being in our positions, are there people on my wavelength, right? Who I can really trust with the, with the information that I need to, that I need to share and be vulnerable with. Right. I, I, I mean, you, you, you're speaking truth, you know, you're speaking truth to power. You, you, you're seeing, you're saying all the right things and I, not just all the right things, but all the right things that I myself and others that I see on a consistent basis, they struggle with accepting that truth. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's not that they don't know it's there, but they wrestle with accepting, you know, maybe it's not the norm of the culture or maybe, it, you know, it's still a taboo topic. We just don't do that here, you know, for various reasons. I, I've seen it across racial lines, across uh, fi- financial lines. I've seen it across the ethnicities, you know, and, and I wonder what is that that won't allow us to, to cross that, you know, that breach, uh, you know, to, to say, you know, why can't I overcome this obstacle? Mm-hmm. You know, the Sopranos, uh, aside from Jamie Foxx, the Jamie Foxx show, <laughs> Jamie, the Jamie Foxx show for obvious comedic reasons, the Sopranos is my favorite TV show of all time mm-hmm. because it helps, it helps with leadership. And, and what it does is it gives a spectrum of what many leaders deal with and they really cannot... Uh, they really cannot approach, like you just said, because who can I really trust? Mm-hmm. And so being a pastor, and I'll let you in on a little secret, and those of our followers, I'll let you in on a little secret. My ministry and my leadership base is built off of a mafia style, uh, mafioso style, because it's a family model. And because you really can't trust, because the consequences in the Italian mafia is death, mm-hmm. you have nobody to go to. And so, you know, the underlying focus which was really the obvious focus if one would pay attention was you had a a mob boss who didn't know where to go with his problems so he had to seek a therapist Mm -hmm. and and everything you just named with his marriage uh with his with his family 
with his finances. He he couldn't talk to anybody. He couldn't even confide in the priest uh, mm-hmm. because he's the boss and he had this stigma he had to keep up. And so he, he, he confided in a therapist and that therapist was confiding in another therapist because she knew that her life was in, in, a, in, a, in a real sensitive place because she was in a situation with a mob boss. Mm-hmm. And, it def- and it defies stereotypes and it identifies some of many, many of human struggles that we're unwilling to approach for, for various reasons. And I, and, and I saw this and I said, man, I wonder how many other leaders struggle just like this mm-hmm. and feel like if I make the decision to approach the obvious truth, my life would be ruined even more. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're in bondage. I can't live. I can't live free because I got a constant struggle where I am, but I can't make the step to be free because I feel like I ruined my life worse than what it already is. And so at at this point, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know, right, being in ministry, can you, for some of our followers who are in ministry, maybe not even just being a pastor, right, but being a member of the clergy, can you talk to them a little bit about what have you done when you felt like I need to talk to somebody, but there is a risk that I take in if I really open up and tell my truth, right? What will happen? But if I hold it in, I'm there's so much internal turmoil that I'm dealing with if I be if I choose to be quiet so that I don't have to take that risk, right? From a minister standpoint, an elder standpoint, what do they do? You know, I, uh, I, I I used to struggle with the older generation because in my estimation of it, it was almost like they were kind of just avoiding the problem. I think we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and, they, you know, you just, you know, just pray about it. You know, just pray about it, uh, you know. And so that was the response I usually got growing up in turmoil and problems and so I developed a habit of, you know when I get in situations of such to pray and with prayer it's not always necessarily that things go in my favor you know prayer gives me the repetitive effort to continue to look at it from a different outcome mm-hmm. you know because a lot of times I'm praying because I don't have the outcome that I want in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it, it gives me the opportunity to not be stuck in a certain place. And so in an essence, prayer opens my perspective. And so prayer usually grows me to a point to see simple things, well, simple things then, but major things in, in the beginning, like discernment, you know, who, who, who can or if there is anyone that I can trust. Mm-hmm. Or is there healthy ways for me to express this? Because you know you can, you can express where you are, without necessarily, as some would say, ruin your brand. Because in the, at the end of the day, it's not about you; it's about right. Jesus. And you know, mm-hmm. people appreciate honesty because the reality is they're not shy on being honest with you. You know, so mm-hmm. you're not working in a business for them to like you. So you're working in a business for them to, re- to honor where you are as a man of God. And so people appreciate honesty. So, you you know, that discernment gives you the ability to understand how 
how to move, where to move, when to move, you know, and God, God gives an answer uh, to many of our problems before we even get into them. And so that discernment keeps you close to him and he'll show you how to handle those things, you know, and sometimes, you know, a lot of times, often if you pay attention through prayer, he'll take care of the problem for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not saying this to be overly religious or holy, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, this, this keeps me in a constant place where I'm focused on God and not my opposition. Mm-hmm. Because you don't ever want to get to a place where you forget why you're there. You know, you've been gifted with this place of leadership from a person, for a person, to do a job for a person. Mm-hmm. You know, our job is to tell the people about God. Not to tell God about the people. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's my take on it, you know. And and I understand where I am, and, and, and it, this may be the best thing, you know. I said all that to get to this point. I understand where I am, so there needs to be a place of self-efficacy where I take an honest assessment of where I am emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And I can't put all my, I can't bleed on the sheep, so I need to be accountable for what I do and what I, where I am, where I say. Because sometimes it ain't, it ain't always them, you know what I'm saying? It, it mm-hmm. could be me as well. Yeah. And I, I need to have ownership. And I think there's a lack of accountability in the world today. And that sometimes sinks, seeps down to the body of Christ. Yeah, I love all of that. Um, and I think, you know, when you said accountability, that goes back to having someone that you're accountable to, right? No matter what position you're in, even as a leader, you should have someone who... I don't want to use the word check, but you should have someone who can call you out, right? Who can see your blind spots um, and say, hey, you may want to go and pray about that. You know, the way you handled that situation wasn't um, as excellent as it could have been. You know, the way you talk to that person, like there should be someone above you that can help you along the way, regardless of how great of a leader you are. Um but you have to be able to trust people to do that, right? And so I love Dr. Darius Daniel that he talks about trust, right? And in order to build trust, right, we go in neutral. And so you don't go in just fully trusted people because a lot of times that is how we get hurt. Um, and you don't, you also don't want to get go in on the other end of the spectrum where, you know, you don't trust anybody and everybody is suspect to you because then you run people off. (laughs) And so he talks about like going in neutral, like I'm going in at a five and depending on predicated on people's actions depends on where they move on the spectrum, right? So if their actions match their words, if they do what they say they're going to do, if their character is, is trustworthy, then they move to, to the higher end of the spectrum. But if they're, if they're inconsistent, if they never do what they say they're going to do, right? If their fruit isn't, if their fruit isn't representative of Christ, then you know, hey, I can't trust this person with the vulnerability of my life. And so that's how you, that's how we move with people. Just go in neutral and let them show you, watch their fruit and let them show you who they are um, and pick your mentors well, right? 
right, pick those right. people who you're going to be accountable to well like I'm not going to be accountable to somebody who again their fruit isn't where I want to be right if I'm looking for someone to mentor me in the area of finances and your finances are in shambles and you file bankruptcy several times you're probably not somebody who I want to be my mentor if I'm looking for a pastor to be accountable to right and I'm a pastor I'm looking for a pastor but your church isn't where I'm trying to go. I probably don't want to be accountable to you. And so picking people in our lives well, who we can trust as co-laborers, right, as friends, but also picking people well um, who can also be accountable to us as leaders, too. Right, right. I can, I can definitely hear that. I, I, you know, and, you know, my, my grandmother... Love her to death, rest her soul. Sweet lady from Northwest Louisiana. She used to tell me it was too many chiefs, not enough. <laughs> My grandpa said that too. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't understand it then, but man, uh-huh. and and I tell people often, and I, and I and I I mean this because I I willingly experienced. Nobody had to make me do it, but I willingly went this route i said nobody is a good leader until they're first a good follower Mm -hmm. i said if you can't follow anybody you'll never be a leader because good leaders at their core they understand that they're at the the pleasure of others because they're if they're trying to lead others in essence they're serving or influencing others they're trying Mm -hmm. to inspire and empower others so it's not necessarily about them but it's about those they're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, yeah, it's too many chiefs. And, and, I, and it's sad that even in 2021, that still reigns true. But yeah, like you said, if you if you don't have a, a mentor or a pastor or a leader worth, worth, worth following. And, you know, what I start what I'm starting to see a lot. Is that you have too many, you know, you. You can't be loyal to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm calling 85 people daddy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, I, and that's another story for another time. But, mm-hmm. you know, where am I really learning? Where, where am I gleaning from? Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, that's a biblical rooted process, you know. Who, who who am I? Where am I gaining knowledge? Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, yeah. And to pivot a little bit, you know, from there, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the immense pressure that leaders tend to be on. Right, going back to the very beginning when I said, you know, leaders have all of these eyes on them and. There's a lot of pressure, right? The pressure to not mess up, to be perfect, right? right. To right. 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 to do all of these things, which increases the the chance of anxiety and depression. Can you talk a little bit about maybe your experience with dealing with some of these things? Uh man. Me and my son was at the barbershop one day, uh, like we do all the time, maybe one Saturday. And uh, I was just right there, you know, showing 
showing the ball the way he wanted his part. Might have been his first time getting a part. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't have been no older than two and a half. And I was like, uh, man, hold on. I said, I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And, you know, and because, you know, I was a new pastor when I first got down here, I put on like 30 pounds, something like that. He had gave me this lecture. But, hey, it took me 30 years to gain 30 pounds. You need to, you need to slow down. So, so I was on a diet, so I was eating right or trying to at least. Mm-hmm. And my boss was like, man, what you been eating? I was like, oh, man, I eat, I eat nothing but salads and, and boiled eggs. And I said, so no, nothing like that. And and I legit had to lay down in the barber seat and all that stuff across the, across the chairs. And I was out about 20 minutes. And uh, finally, I got back situated. And I went on my way, went to the doctor's party. I just, they ran me up. Just a little hotel lunch for two weeks. Uh, nothing wrong with me. I said, oh, man, y'all crazy. I know something wrong with me. Went to the other heart doctor in town. Ran me up for a week. Nothing wrong with you. Both of them got, sent me a report in the mail. So, Mr. Gates, have you ever thought about getting checked for anxiety? I said, man, I, I don't have anxiety. I said, I don't worry about anything. You know, I love Olympians 4 6, man. <laughs> don't, be, don't be anxious about anything, you know. Mm-hmm. All things through prayer and supplication. You know, I like to get down with that. You know, mm-hmm. all things through prayer and supplication. Make your request known unto God in the peace of God. You know, I said, oh, I don't never worry. And then the doctor was like, "What kind of job do you have?" I said, "I pastor a church." And everybody in the room just fell out in laughter. <laughs> I said, "What's funny?" <laughs> Oh man, you have one of the most stressful jobs in the world. <laughs> and I, before that time, you know, I would have never in my life considered myself a person to worry. And they asked me this question here What did you do this week at the church? And immediately my mind began to race mm-hmm. nonstop. And they just watched my eyes keep rolling and, and watch my head keep going up and down and they just looked at me. Nobody said anything and they just looked at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. That might have been like 20, 27, 2018, 2018. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But you, you couldn't have told me because and still now I'm not a person to get excited, you know, or anti like that. And that's just probably my ignorance to the topic of, of anxiety. Well, yeah, I, I didn't think, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that's how I was introduced to that topic. And, and I thought to myself, man, I wonder how many guys like me are walking around. And, and then I, I was given that illustration about ducks that on the surface there seem like they're coasting across the water. Mm. But underneath, they're paddling away because if they stop paddling, they're going to drown. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good um, scenario. Uh, you know, me, myself, I am, spoiler alert for those who don't know, I hate uh, being recorded. I hate talking. So I'm like, camera, you're on a podcast, yes. But um, this is extremely anxiety-inducing for me. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I struggle with this. And it stems from uh, the need to be perfect and the fear of judgment right so what will people say how will they perceive me 
Um, and so I think a lot of a lot of leaders, um, and not even just leaders. I mean, we're talking about leaders, and so that's what I am. That's what I'm talking about. But you know, for anyone else who's listening to this, you know, people who aren't leaders struggle with this as well. But but a lot of leaders struggle with you know making a mistake. You know, the fear of being incompetent, imposter syndrome. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so it is very real people people struggle with the immense pressure and it causes you know sometimes it is so bad that it causes depression it causes anxiety um amongst a lot of other disorder disorders um and so i have a few tips here um that i wanted to um uh, maybe discuss and talk about <clears throat> number one is talk about it right um whether we're in a church setting whether, like I said, whether you're the CEO of an organization, I'm talking to the entrepreneur, I'm talking to anybody in any leadership position across any genre, right? We have to talk about this, right? May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, I believe Suicide Prevention Week is like in September. Minority Mental Health is in July, I believe. So we have to talk about these things, but I also don't want to limit us to just talking about these things in these particular months and weeks. I think we need to just begin to talk about it outside of these things. Yes, we have like dedicated and devoted time to talking about it, but we need to talk about it and make people feel, um, make people feel like they can, because whether we know it or not, silence sends a message too, right? If you're not talking about it, if we're not saying anything, that also sends a message to people. So talk about it. Um, connect with the therapist. I am an LPC associate in Texas, and so I am an advocate for therapy because I'm a therapist. <laughs> um, and so connecting with the therapist, if you are struggling, um, I always tell people you don't have to be in crisis mode um, to see a therapist. And so see a therapist. There was an article put out um, in Forbes and um, I'm sorry, but I don't have like the name of the article, but they were talking about how the people around them didn't have the knowledge, um, didn't have the skills or even the courage to like go to their leaders and say, hey, I see some things are changing. I see maybe you're making some mistakes. You're starting to be late a lot. Is there anything going on? And because of that, the leader wasn't able to get help until they were in crisis. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier um, when we were saying like you need someone to be accountable to someone who can call you out um, because the people up under you probably don't have that courage or the skills to do it. Um, so yes, find a therapist. Um, I, I don't want to rush. Right, I don't want to rush past what you just said. Okay. Find someone you can be accountable to because the people under you may not have the skills to do it mm -hmm. because if you have people accountable to you. you may need to be accountable to someone else. Mm -hmm. Because even in our strong moments, there are moments that we may need, may need someone else with different skills because those who are accountable to us that, la that are lacking skills, they have someone that, that's accountable to them. Right. So it's a, a revolving system. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I like that. A revolving system, like I said, because therapists have therapists. So it is a revolving system. Thanks for all of that information. Please take heed, people. Please take heed to that information. Yeah, number four, um, take time to disconnect. 
right? I think we are so um, plugged in into the news, into social media, um, that you need time to literally unplug in your day, whether it's five minutes or an hour. Um, just unplug from your phone, right? Turn the news off. There is we are inundated with so much negative information from the news um, and social media. And so just unplugging and going for a walk or reading a book um, can really help with that mental health. Yeah. How fast to slow down. Mm-hmm. Self-care, right? So self-care isn't this word that we just throw around just like oh self-care but it's it's a necessity it's not a luxury um we need self-care to function um it's not just massages and facials but holding yourself accountable yes massages and facials are great but doing yoga paying attention to your nutrition because our nutrition impacts our physical health which also impacts our mental health there's a great book entitled the mind gut connection um because our gut those hormones are very much connected um and so self-care is really big when it comes to um our mental wellness practice self-compassion right so we've talked about how self-critical leaders can be on themselves right so release the idea of perfection. Give yourself some self-compassion, right? I'm human. Perfection is not attainable, no matter how much we would like to think it is. And so telling yourself, doing some meditation in the morning, I am human, give yourself some empathy and release that expectation that you have to be perfect. Don't suffer alone. Talk to somebody, we talked about that, right? a therapist, a mentor, friends, trusting people with those vulnerabilities. Number eight, learn to manage your stress. Delegate, delegate, delegate. As leaders, we think we can do it all alone. But delegating some of those responsibilities to other people can really help alleviate some of your stress. You don't have to do everything. The responsibilities that you have to do, you can do those, but some of those Smaller things, delegate to other people. And finally, understand that mental health struggles are common and treatable. It's not a, it's not a character flaw. Again, it goes back to that stigma, stigma that we'll be talking about all season long, that mental health struggles are highly stigmatized. Um, but it's not a character flaw. It's common, it happens, and it's treatable. Rev Young, is there anything that you had to add to that list? Man, uh, just that delegating, man. After that episode, I had to get real familiar mm-hmm. with Peter, Peter Nordhouse and his different types of leadership that we expound upon that. Yeah, that adapt, adaptative and participative and team leadership became my friend. Uh, and, and, you know, it's for the best benefit. You know, a lot of times the fear of not doing it the way I need it done is what keeps people mm. from, from delegating. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't need to be done the way you want it done. Mm-hmm. 
because the reality is life doesn't go the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And look how it's turning out for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's that control aspect. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But no, yeah, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a much needed topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Look to see you next time. Uh, Monday after next. Uh, come see you real quick. Rev Young Yates, Miss Cam Nicole. Check us out. Bye. Have a good day. <laughs>